This is Today in History, October the 29th. On this day in 1777, John Hancock resigns his position as the president of the Continental Congress. Hancock was the first member of the Continental Congress to sign the Declaration of Independence and is perhaps best known for his bold signature on the groundbreaking document. And on this day in 1929, Black Tuesday hits Wall Street as investors trade 16 million shares on the New York Stock Exchange in a single day. Billions of dollars were lost, wiping out thousands of investors and stock tickers ran hours behind because the machinery could not handle the tremendous volume of trading. October 29th, 1929, known forever after as Black Tuesday, another tidal wave of selling hit the exchange. And this time, no one came to the rescue. In the aftermath of Black Tuesday, America and the rest of the industrialized world spiraled downward into the Great Depression. During the 1920s, the U.S. stock market underwent rapid expansion, reaching its peak in August of 1929. By then, production had already declined and unemployment had risen, leaving stocks in great excess of their real value. Among other causes of the eventual market collapse were low wages, the proliferation of debt, a weak agriculture culture and excess of large bank loans that could not be liquidated. Also on this day, in 1998, John Glenn returns to space. Boy, enjoying the show is right. This is beautiful. The best part is a, do a trite old statement, zero G, and I feel fine. I don't know what happens on down the line, but today is beautiful and great, and Hawaii is just, I just can't even describe it. And be able to let the record show that, uh, that John has a smile on his face and it goes from one ear to the other one and we haven't been able to remove it yet. Nearly four decades after he became the first American to orbit the Earth, Senator John Glenn is launched into space again as a payload specialist aboard the space shuttle Discovery. At 77 years of age, Glenn is the oldest human ever to travel in space. And on this day back in 1966, Question Mark and the Mysterians hit number one with 96 tears. To this day, no one can say with absolute certainty who the leader of Question Mark and the Mysterians really is. Is he, as literalists would have us believe, the former Rudy Martinez, a Mexican-born and Michigan-raised earthling who legally changed his name to a punctuation mark? Or is he truly the space alien he claims to be, a claim from which he has never backed down? What is abundantly clear is that Question Mark has managed to maintain an intriguing air of mystery about him during his 40-plus years in the public guy and that air of mystery has helped in turn the recognition among his fans as one of the flat out coolest individuals ever to cut a record ladies and gentlemen question mark and on this day in 1971 guitarist Dwayne Allman dies in a motorcycle accident playing with Dwayne Allman was he was a fantastic interpreter. Actually, a lot of people probably don't realize it, but Dwayne used to tell me a lot that, that he was influenced by harmonica players more than he was guitar players. His slide playing, Dwayne used to profess over and over to me, he said, man, slide playing ain't about guitar, it's about harmonica. You know, you got to think like a harp player, and it makes a hell of a lot of sense. Now, I've never heard anybody that plays slide say that. 
And so he had a very unique approach to music to begin with. And he looked at it inside out and outside in and sideways and everywhere. He really studied it. Dwayne Allman, a slide guitarist and the leader of the band, the Allman Brothers, is killed on this day in 1971 when he loses control of his motorcycle and drives into the side of a flatbed truck in Macon, Georgia. He was only 24 years old. After Allman's death, his band continued to tour and record. And in 2004, Rolling Stone declared that the Allman Brothers Band was the 52nd greatest rock and roll band of all time. Dwayne Allman was born in Nashville and grew up in Florida. Before he formed the Allman Brothers Band with his brother Greg, a singer and keyboard player, Dwayne had made a name for himself as a session musician for Atlantic Records at Fame Studios in Muscle Shoals, Georgia. There, he played with artists like Wilson Pickett, Clarence Carter, Aretha Franklin, King Curtis, John Hammond, Ronnie Hawkins, Boz Skaggs, and Herbie Mann. In 1969, the Almonds put together their own band and moved to Macon. They released two promising studio albums and a live album in the 70s. And Live at Fillmore East is an album many people say is one of the best concert recordings ever made. When Almond died, the band was working on a new studio record, Eat a Peach, which would eventually hit number four on Billboard's album sales charts. On the afternoon of his accident, Dwayne Allman was speeding along Hillcrest Avenue on his Harley Davidson Sportster when he slowed down to let a flatbed truck carrying a huge crane boom make a left-hand turn in front of him. Allman pulled his bike toward the center of the road so he could swing around the outside of the truck. But in the middle of his turn, the flatbed suddenly rumbled to a stop. And unable to maneuver around or under the giant obstacle, Allman ran right into it. The crane's weight ball knocked him off his hardly, which bounced up in the air and off of Allman's chest before skidding to a stop along the curb. The guitarist was not killed instantly. In fact, he had no visible injuries except for some bumps and scrapes, but died in surgery later that evening. Another one gone too soon, the great Dwayne Allman dead, October the 29th, 1971. On this day in history. Lord, I feel like I'm dying.